Well, welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Hi, Dave. Hello. How are we doing? Ready for this game. Things ramped up a little bit today. I mean, yeah, if you're into arguing with seven-year-olds. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's, uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot to, uh, to say here, but uh, any, any parting thoughts from the, the Temple game? Let's get started. Uh, let's see. I guess we've been kind of waiting for a quote-unquote 60-minute or full-game effort. I feel like we got that uh, Friday night. Or Some people first... will still say the first half wasn't as explosive as they would desire. They just people just want perfection, like literally no mistakes ever. Yeah. Okay. That's well, what they want. I wonder if they have that same uh, expectations in their own life. And the thing is, they did move the ball pretty pretty easily in Michael that first Young, half. They Michael just... Young dropped a pass that it would have been twenty four to three. And, and there was a drive. The first the first it wasn't call, a the... perfect throw. Like Des could have. It was pretty damn close. I mean, it no, could have I mean, let him a little bit more. Could have let him, and it wouldn't have had to like go down to the ground. But like, he didn't. Have, it wasn't like he had to stop on the dime, turn around, and like lunge back for the ball. He had to do is sit down and catch it at the two yard line, and then they score on the next play. More than likely, I mean, I just like, I don't know you. Your quarterback's twenty two for thirty. Your running your running back runs for one fifty. You have what three touchdowns? three or four touchdowns over 28 yards. Your defense has six sacks. The other team well into the second half didn't have a hundred yards of total offense. (laughs) Um, I just like, I don't know what else you think you're going to get in conference play. I mean, you're not getting that against the better. Like I don't think you're getting a better performance than that against the better teams. Right. I, I agree. I, I, I do think there has become a, uh, this unrealistic expectation for this team that they are going to be perfect on every snap. And that's just not, that's not how it works. It's not how football works. Do, do, do what I like to see them be better. And this whole, like, there's this, this, and we talked about it Monday on the BVP, the narrative that like they're, a, they're becoming a second half team. They've been really good in the second quarter. The only thing, the only place they've really been slow outside of the Miami game is the first quarter. And other than that, they've been pretty on point. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just look at it. I look at them as a, like as a football team. I don't look at them as an offensive team and a defensive team. Like the defense has been very good. Pretty much. All 60 minutes of all five games. Yeah. So the way I look at it is maybe there is never a time where the offense has to, you know, return the favor, if you will. But, like, the offense is – and we'll get into it more, like, they're top ten scoring in the country. They're top – 20 top 16 passive like i'm gonna bring something up later a little bit i mean like 
Luke will never admit it. This is a pass first team now. Yeah, well, he's he he keeps, uh, you know, chirping that they need to get forward more carries because he like he sees it, he knows it. <laughs> it's, it's funny when you like do what I do to kind of prepare for the games, and you listen to other people, or you read other things from the other teams. They're just, I don't know if they're just not watching or they don't know what they're seeing, but you just keep hearing this, like, they're a ball control, ground and pound. They want to run the ball. And I'm like, that was They were. They were. They're not this year. Like, if you just do it by, by percentage of plays run, I think it's skewed because they've beaten the crap out of teams. So in the fourth quarter, they're running the ball four out of five plays to skew what you would have like their 46% throw and 53% run. Like you aren't the 16th rated pass efficiency team in the country and averaging nine yards per attempt, which is what Des is averaging. It goes down a little bit when you put in Evans numbers, nine yards per attempt is top 15 in the nation. So, Like, they're running the ball very well, too. But this is a passive-first team. Absolutely. I mean, look at the – how can you not – it would be malpractice if they were running the offense that they ran with Mike Warren, if they were running that now. I think the the perception is still run the ball, you know, to set up the throw, and that is not how the offense is functioning. And maybe it needs to a little bit more early. Like, I think I think they, especially against Notre Dame, less so I feel like against Temple, they, they were way heavy throw to start the game. I do think they could be a little more balanced to start the game, but, like, the, the mismatch they have in college football right now is Desmond Ritter and the wide receivers and tight ends against – the teams that they will play, linebackers and defensive backs. Um, and I think Coach Denbrock is clearly seeing that because that's, I mean, that's what they're exploiting. and As they should be. Right. I mean, I'm 100% for it. Like, the one area that they need to get better still an offense from my standpoint is on third down. They were much better against two or against temple eight for 13. I ran across this stat today that blew me away. They have run now granted. There's some teams that have played five, some six games. They have run 54 plays on third down. Do you have fashion a guess on where that number ranks nationally? I don't. That is the lowest amount of third down opportunities of any team in the country. Wow. Did not expect that. I didn't either. But that's what happens when you can move the ball. Right. When you're averaging yards, every pass, you're averaging, you know, six yards a run, nine yards per pass attempt. Your main running back, you know, has been averaging, has been busting off long runs. So his average is, damn near eight to 10 yards a run. 
So yeah, but yeah, the lowest amount of third down plays in the nation. Huh. I would I would not have guessed that. Which that does not happen if you are not a passing team. Absolutely. Bear agrees. Bear. Yes. Bear um, likes what they're doing I mean, first, second down. I don't have a ton on Temple. I mean, what is there to really say? They stink. We're good. Um, was it will, was it was it glaring just the talent difference? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, PFF put like, out put out a stat. You know, the thing today that they've pressured on sixty nine percent of dropbacks. Dropbacks and. I was rewatching the Temple game, and at one point it was 15 out of 22 throws, like into the third, maybe into the fourth quarter, which is 68%. Like it just felt like any time they tried to do anything that was more than a a one step or three step drop, like somebody was forcing Mathis backwards. I don't want to say he quit. I think he was just frustrated on that. That's yeah play like it's just like you gotta be kidding me like we can't even run we can't even set up a screen like they're in here that fast I don't even have time to like set up a screen there was another point right at right around that time too where he he scrambled a little bit and it looked like he had a chance to run and he just chucked it out of bounds like no I'm not gonna go hit get hit by them again no like no (laughs) I'm gonna live to fight another day yeah, they are torturing people. I mean, it's it, it's it's relentless what they're doing in their pass rush. Yeah, it's. I mean, you just don't have time to really attempt anything downfield, and it's just near impossible to put a eight to ten play drive together where either you don't do something dumb and screw it up or UC just doesn't play you know real solid defense and get off the field or you know they hit your quarterback and your quarterback throws it to the Bearcats because that has happened a lot this year well, yeah. yes like we're going to try to let a play develop down the field and as that happens your quarterback goes to throw, he gets hit, and somebody is standing there saying thank you for uh, throwing it to me. Yep. It's, uh, you know, 61 points, five games, just over 12 points per game allowed. You know, Indiana. We talked about this last year. In this era of college football, it's insanity. It is. Like they're it's insanity, and you know they're not, they're never going to get the credit or the notoriety because of the competition. But like points allowed and pass efficiency defense, they are right with Georgia, yep. and everybody, myself included, is just blown away by how good their defense is. And UC is right there with them. So it's, you know, it's, it's not surprising. I mean, I don't know why anybody would be surprised. It's a lot of the same guys that were on a really good defense last year. So I don't see how it 
just all of a sudden comes to some screeching halt where they're just giving up four or five touchdowns a game. Right. It's just hard to, hard to envision that. I mean, I, I don't have much left on Temple. Like it, it, No, I just had one other thing, and it was more of like a season thing, and it kind of crystallized a little bit against Temple. I really love how they're using Trey Tucker. I had been, yeah. I'd been, you know, championing, championing that, that for a while, that he needed to be more involved. And I think the way they're using him is, is perfect. Whether it's the, you know, jet sweep pop pass type play or getting him in the slot against a safety like they did against Notre Dame. Um, He's just got to be a point of emphasis in the offense because every time he touches the ball, he's he's getting significant yards. I mean, those things count what'd as you, passes. What do you those think of the ring? Count as you, passes. Yeah, but they're like they're basically extensions of the run game where you've got the fastest guy in your team at basically a full sprint. When he gets the ball, and all he's got to do is turn the corner, and he's already gained like seven yards before anybody even has a chance to touch him. What'd you think of uh, taking the pop pass and turning it into a screen out wide, and then letting him get upfield? That was a, a new wrinkle that we saw last week. Yeah, I mean, you, you motion you motion him through, or whatever they did, and you know, Des rolls out. One well, they, I mean, they faked the pop pass to him. Yeah. Let the defense react to it. Des rolls left, throws back right. Trey Tucker goes, I think it was another like 15 yard, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's not, I mean, you just have to get him the get him the ball. He's a he is your you know, you have several mismatches, but it's just it's an impossibility, I think, to really slow him down in those type of situations. Right. Um all right, let's uh, let's move to UCF. So, wait, who's UCF? Oh, the Central Florida Knights. Golden Golden Knights. Get it right. The Golden Knights. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be antagonists, let's let's really be antagonists. <laughs> let's start with with UCF Twitter before we get into the game. Let's let's go ahead and knock this out. I sure. think it's fun. Like I, I know it's annoying. Oh, I, I, as you know, you and me both, we both like to chirp. I have no problem with it. Like, I just think it's, you know, whatever you want. It's cute. It's adorable. Like, you guys are not having a very good year. Why revert back to twenty seventeen? Like, we all know that. You were really, really good. Like, no one from UC that I've seen is trying to say that they weren't good. Right. That's kind of like, that's the weird part for me. Nobody from from UC is, like, attacking 2017 UCF. No one from UC, nobody from UC Twitter, until it was, was, was brought up, was even mentioning 2017 UCF because we don't think about them. No. Nobody's like, mentioning 2009 UC in yeah. relation to 2017 UCF. I just, I just, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's 
I don't know what it is, but like, I just don't give a shit if we're just being completely truthful about it. Like, one, why would any UCF fan think that a UC fan wouldn't side with their team? Like, in some non you know, reality debate. Like, right. You think, like, I don't know who was better. I don't really care. Like, I'm so much con- more concerned about this season, this Saturday. Like, I just – and maybe we do it the same thing, but, like, I just always like, – I don't understand the whole, like, we had a really good 2017 and 2018, and we've taken a dip, and this year's not going great. We've had a ton of injuries, which – Injuries are a reason. They're not an excuse. Like, you take away all the guys that they've lost. Like, that is a reason they're not good. Yeah, if you took away all those guys at the same positions for UC, UC would not be number three in the country. But, like, why is your then reaction to just go, well, we well, our 2017 team was better? Like, I think I said this to you earlier. When Tuberville was here, we weren't you know, remembering the glory days of 2009, we were like, this sucks. We need to change it. Right. And maybe they don't say that now because they just got a new coach. Like, you're not, it's not Gus's fault. Like, they're not going to go, we need to, but like, why is the automatic response to just go back to, we won a, a mythical national championship that an NCAA, I saw this one, an NCAA, uh, not registered, but like recognized, sanctioned, yeah, recognized. selecting me- metric said we like. Who gives a shit, guys? Like enough isn't like enough. We don't care. You, if you guess what, if you see goes fourteen and zero this year and they don't play in the in the playoff, I'm gonna be on top of the stadium going put up fucking two thousand twenty one national championship. Shit, just like they did. But in five years, if we're struggling, I'm not going to go, well, we won the national championship in 2021. (laughs) The national championship that we didn't play for. Right. Like, I would do the exact same thing they're doing, but when times are lean, you don't just, like, pretend that that's not reality and just go back to to that. I don't get it. That's the part I don't understand. Uh, Mackenzie Milton. He should be worried about way more things than than chirping ab- about 2017 U- USF and Quentin Flowers and Riley, whatever his name was at Memphis. Like, dude, you you got a lot more things to, to figure out. Like, go get your NLI money. Here's the thing I didn't get with, with that. Like, so it, it all started, somebody asked, they put up a picture, 2017, UCF, 2021, Cincinnati, who you got? And he answered, you know, 2021, UC, or 2017, UCF. Okay. Fine. That's, that's, that's riding for your guys. That's what you should do. Well, yeah, was he going to tweet out this like UCF he's, yeah, he's better? Yeah, with the Bearcats? <laughs> of course not. But then to double down, didn't? Didn't that USF and Memphis, did they each lose to a five-loss team? So to come back over the top, 
I, I make mean, a I fool of yourself by saying that not only was UCF in 2017 better, but USF and Memphis were better than this Cincinnati team. And that the reason he's saying that is because the AAC was disrespected in 2017. That's the part that's really lost me. Like, even if you want to say USF and Memphis for better, go ahead. I mean, both those teams beat the ever living shit out of UC. Yeah. USF did it in 17 and 18, and Memphis did it in 17. I don't think they played in 18. Like, I don't care. Like, that was the game at South Florida where it was like 100 and nothing at halftime. Right. Like, but I don't, the part I don't get is how saying that this UC team would have finished fourth in the league in 2017 shows the disrespect that the American conference is given. I don't, that part, either I'm not smart enough and he's on another wavelength than me, or, or I just, I just don't understand that part. I just don't get like, if you're going to talk disrespect, then why disrespect Cincinnati in the process? Like, I, I don't, Like, we were disrespected, so now I disrespect them? Yeah, I don't – I just, like, I don't know. I mean, we, we're all guilty of it. I just – they – they they're like the Dan Dockich of tw- – like, they Twitter search their own shit so much yeah. to try to inject themselves into conversations that they're not a part of. And right. now that they had the Josh Heupel era, which wasn't awesome, and they've had all these injuries, and they're, you know, they're not a very good football team right now, like, they don't know what to do. Like, they can't just sit there and go, yeah, you know what? UC is pretty damn good, and they're probably going to beat the crap out of us this week. Like, that's what a normal, sane objective, cognizant-brained, not needing medication to survive person who doesn't have a hospitality degree from a community college would say. Here's here's my thing with Mackenzie Milton, and and I wanted to tweet this, and maybe I will at some point in time if it continues, but I didn't. Wouldn't he be the quarterback for this team if he didn't turn his back on his program? He probably. I don't know. I mean, man, I, I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to be somewhere else after everything that happened. And a different coach and two different coaches, actually. I mean, he probably came in under Scott Frost, didn't he? He did, absolutely. But, so this but, would have been a third coach. Yeah. But if you're going to go back and ride for UCF, you could still be there oh, and no, I, be the quarterback. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't have been the quarterback if Dylan Gabriel was, was still Dylan here. Dylan Gabriel was hurt. No, but I mean, I mean, at this very moment, yes. But looking at it from his side of things, like he, he's going through all that rehab. He wasn't beating out Dylan Gabriel, so I don't necessarily blame He didn't him. beat out the guy at Florida State. No, because he's – you yelled at me before for saying it. He's a damn cripple. 
Like, he's, he shouldn't be playing football, man. Like, he shouldn't be playing. And I just mean that from, like, a quality of life thing. Like, what happens if you get hit again like that? Do you lose your leg? Is it, is it really worth it? For him, it is. My point being, if it was worth it, why aren't you riding with your guys? But that's You're a, riding right. a guy for UCF? You're on no, these you... Twitter, street, Twitter streets talking shit about the Bearcats? On a team you walked out on? Oh, I, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to look at it from maybe his side of like why he maybe left, but then, but yeah, he's like, I'm, that was my team, but they're not my team anymore. What? (laughs) You kind of lose your ability to talk that shit then, right? A little bit? Maybe, maybe. Especially in game week. When when they have to just, go answer like, for your mouth, okay. Here's like here. That's the thing that I don't understand is like what other player that is still playing college football for another team would get himself involved in a conversation about two other teams, one of which he maybe used to play for but doesn't anymore. Like, like I just I was just floored. I was like, why are you? Why is this something that is on your radar? Why is this something that is is occupying any of your time it took up like his whole day he was on twitter all day tweeting about it that's what i mean like i don't get it why like is ben bryant gonna jump in now too like i don't think so ben bryant put up the the picture of himself uc gear and made it his twitter header (laughs) i don't know twitter is that his twitter av no i don't think he did you know why because he plays for eastern michigan well i thought mckenzie's thing was florida state I'm talking about the the UC wave of former players. Oh, okay. Like yeah, the right. movement this week. No. Did Dim Bryant take part in the movement? No, you no, know why? He doesn't play for them. He doesn't play here anymore. That's the that's the part I just didn't understand. Like, why is this a, a thing that you're spending any time on? Because his 2017 was disrespected. And the point, the point I was making earlier. Everybody is so disrespected. I mean, it's like, yeah. but. Hey. And that's the part I don't get about. I felt disrespected then, so I'm going to disrespect you now. Right. What because, are we doing? What are we doing? Because God forbid somebody else that's in it's a really good. situation that you guys are in might exceed what you were able to exceed. And each year is independent of its own so that's why i don't understand this whole like 2017 verse like just because uc is up to number three now doesn't mean that they would be number three in 2000 like it's just it's like it's like last year when 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 the college football playoff stuff was happening the thing we were upset about was the laughability of of the playoff committee moving Cincinnati back for things that it wasn't moving anybody else back for. But what we talked about throughout last year is look, Ohio state, Clemson, Notre Dame, and uh, Alabama. Who was the fourth Alabama? Yeah. Duh. UC wasn't getting in over them. No. Like the, the disrespect was in the committee screwing over Cincinnati when they didn't even have to. 
Like no, those four just, teams were going to get in. They, yeah. It was the, yeah, it was the farce that they were even like spending five seconds discussing the merits that, of their candidacy. And right. then, you know, you don't play Temple because of COVID. You drop behind two loss Iowa State. And then you don't play Tulsa because of COVID. And you drop behind three loss Florida. Like, at that point, you're just like, you know, whatever. I mean, but that was the disrespect wasn't that UC wasn't going to get a shot at the playoff. No. Because if that was the situation right now, if that was the situation right now, if Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, we're sitting ahead of UC. UC's not getting in. It no. couldn't be Notre Dame because they beat Notre Dame. But you know what I mean? Like, that's the, like, we weren't mad about that. That that wasn't disrespect. That was college football. Yeah, I mean, you can only con- you can only control so much. Like, unfortunately, it's a situation where you need things out of your control to go your way and if they don't it's not disrespect it's not disrespect it's just the way that it, it's set up currently that puts right. you at a disadvantage but I, I don't know i'm just i'm tired of those i mean the, those people just they just they just roared me out like because they're so stupid like i just they are stupid. i don't i don't have like I'll I'll I love to get in like a, a good back and forth if you're factual or if you're witty or if you like know have any semblance of an intelligent cell in your brain that you know what you're talking about but like when you're when your go to is just like 2017 like I got I got no time for you man like when you were kicking the shit out of us in 2017, we weren't like, well, yeah, 2009. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I just, just stop. Like, just, just take your beating and go back to Florida. All right, let's move on to the, uh, the what, what, what went down a little earlier than that today. Uh, an article from clearly a a very UCF leaning uh, fan site stating that Cincinnati uh, or that UCF if they're going to beat the Bearcats on Saturday they need to uh, they need to go after Sauce they need to go after Ahmad Gardner you you kind of agree I d- well to an extent like I that wouldn't be my like a one <laughs> game plan. <laughs> But it was funny when I put that some UCF people were like in my mentions being like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> like they, they, <laughs> did, they did. But my whole point is like, I just don't understand like surrendering half the field. But I don't think other than Miami, I don't think anybody's done that. Maybe Temple. Uh, Notre Dame and, and Indiana wanted to throw to, the, to their number one guy. Well, why didn't they? Because they? Op- they weren't open. Then they're not smart enough to scheme to to scheme it open. Then that's why I agree with can what he you. Was, that's why we agreed with what he was saying. Like I would do a lot. I would do a lot of the things he talked about. I would put trips on his side. I would run a shit ton of screens. I would run run action at him. Like I'm not just being like he's awesome. But that's not that's not going at sauce. But it's it's 
but that you, you and, made, and here's the other problem, Dave. You put you're putting trips on the boundary. Chad, they there's very that, that leaves you very you running screens to the boundary. I'm doing whatever I can to move the ball. If that but means, that's not a that's not a smart place to, to try to move the ball. That's there's limited space there. Yes. But, against a phenomenal Cincinnati defense. Yeah, right. What is what is the other option then? Just keep doing what everybody else has been doing. Is there an option? Well, to me, it would be at least fucking try. Like I'm not Maybe. just I just I'm like... not just gonna give up. Like I'm at least gonna try, and nobody else has really even done that. I mean, that's fair, I guess, but. I just, I just don't see like. I'm not saying it's like a successful plan. Like I want right. them to do it. I'm looking at it from what I would do. Like I'm not doing. I'm not. I don't care how good you are. You're still a college corner. I am putting. I am trying to put you in uncomfortable situations. I'm putting my fastest wide receiver, and I'm just saying. We're just going to see but, what happens. We're just going to. But Indiana did that. Notre Dame did that. No, they, they don't have any. They don't have anyone near as fast as Ryan O'Keefe that can to play that spot. Nobody Ty, near. Ty Fry, they don't have anybody better than Ty Freifogel as an outside. Ty Freifogel couldn't run by me. Yes, he could. Well, he probably could. <laughs> but he's not a speed guy. No, but at, still. He's a number, legit number one outside receiver that's going to play in the NFL. Yes, and I wouldn't. I'd still try to try to t- try to get some action on that on him. Like, I'm not. I'm just don't. I just don't agree with. That's just not how I am wired offensively to be like. Yes, we know he's very very good, but we're not. We're just going to cut off half the field. And we're just gonna work this other side here. We're gonna have ten. We're gonna have ten defenders, and however many offensive guys focused on half of the field. I mean, it's not necessarily half the field because it's moved over to one side because the one is the boundary, just closer to the sideline. You're playing where there's more space. You're still not in a way from not, the best defender on the field. The, you're still not throwing down the middle on his side. So it's basically half the field. I mean, I would throw down the middle on his side. He can't cover everything. But wait, you just you put said a tight end to... over there, That's or you can I'm... cross. You can cross. Yeah. You're talking trips. Run trips to the boundary. I'm running. I'm you can running put an inline tight end and work the seam not, on his side. You're not getting what I'm saying. I'm doing things to try to confuse the defense. Everybody else is just lined up one wide receiver and ran very basic routes and tried to beat him that way. That's not going to work. Notre Dame put a tight end on his side and set everybody else away from him, and they couldn't do anything. The tight end still had nine catches for 93 yards. They ran two tight end sets. They put the other tight end. The other tight end doesn't even count. They don't need, he's That's, not a, I mean, a that factor was the point. in their they offense. Made, they made Sauce Garden somebody that, that didn't count. They uh, were creative. I mean, no, they really mm, – that's debatable. <laughs> If you really want to get creative, creative put, to what you said, if you really want to get creative, you put Michael Mayer and Kevin Austin on his side. 
Like there are ways to try to scheme open guys, like even against the best of the best. Now I'm not saying it will be successful, but you still. But have- there have also been there have been throws this year where they have schemed open a guy, and Sauce just comes from nowhere and swats the ball away. Right, but that's that's fine. Like I'm still trying. Not not 15 times. <laughs> but like but like I just I just don't like we're just gonna we're just not gonna pl- play against him I guess I mean like I do I do not think Gus is going to do that I think he's gonna tons of screens tons of like there's they, they're pulling it all out trick plays screens I mean running backs out in like on on swings like they're going to try to do it all in the quick game because they can't throw the ball down the field. Well, I'll get into that, yeah. you know, when we dig more into them since the new quarterback. Um, but there's, well, let's, I, let's... I guess, like, there's just a difference between me saying, like, I would try it versus me saying, here's how to do it successfully. Like, I don't think it would be successful, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm totally abandoning any effort to maybe get a PI call on it or, you know, I just, I don't, like, they're not even, tr- like, you, you can't, you can't be successful if you don't even try. And maybe, maybe it's not successful, but you certainly can't be successful if you make no effort. The downside there is, though, like, the incomplete pass is not the worst outcome. Right, but if you, Giving the ball to Cincinnati is the worst outcome. There's no good outcome. I mean, <laughs> most there there are more bad things that can happen than good. But and that's one of the remarkable things about Sauce too. Like we we don't talk about this part of why his grade is always he doesn't commit pass interference. Got much better at that. I mean, he was he was, it was he that. got picked on a little bit in his freshman year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he was a grabber for a while, um, and he is obviously, but. That's the other thing. It's like you can't commit pass interference if no one bothers to throw the ball to the guy you're covering. Fair. That's fair. They're throwing at him like two, three times a game. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, well, here, here's one. Temple got like again. It's the successes are going to be. They're not. I'm, they're not going to be seventy yard touchdown successes, but like they got him on a crosser. Yeah. Where I think it was Bourbon, um, you know, came all the way across the field and, and just outran him. And they gained like, what, 10, 15 yards. But like, that's, that's what I mean. Like, your success is not going to be a 30 yard completion. Your success is not going to be a 25 yard post corner touchdown. Like, your success needs to be, we need to, you know, we can't just not throw it to one of our best receivers like that's the other thing it's not so much that it's we're not going to throw it at him it's like we're just not going to throw it to one of our starting players your best wide receiver generally your best wide receiver generally plays the boundary so we're not going to attempt that's the part that as an offensive person I'm like I just could not fathom doing that like we're just not going to throw it to our best wide receiver because they have a really good corner Because, like, guess what, guys? Our second and third corners are way better than your second and third receivers. 
<laughs> that's the trick, right? That's and our, the trick. And our first corner is probably better than your first receiver, but he like, but the other two are way better than what the other guys you got. Yeah, they are in those positions for a reason. Like your number two is not playing the boundary for a reason. It's because he's exactly. number two. Right. So it'll be interesting. I, I, you're probably right in that they are going to try a lot of quick stuff. They are going to try to to hit swings and screens and, and underneath stuff and crossers. And uh, we haven't really seen that be successful either with the play of the linebackers. No. I mean, that's – we haven't seen anything be successful. I mean, <laughs> what's <laughs> consistently been successful? Let's, let's be honest here. I mean, Miami Nothing. scored a touchdown on offense. Murray State scored a touchdown. Indiana scored what three? No, two, because they kicked the long field goal. And got had twenty-one points, but like they scored two. Notre Dame scored two. Temple scored zero. So, like, it ain't easy. No, it's not, and it's it ain't easy. It's certainly not going to be easy with a true freshman making his third career start against this defense. May God have mercy on his soul. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into it. Uh, Where do you, want you to did start? The, the you did the deep dive today. Uh, I guess their the offense is their bread and butter. Let's start with the Temple or the the use the the Central Florida Golden Knights offense. Is that good? Did I do that right? The cent- yes, you did. The University of Central Florida Golden Knights. Let's yeah. start with their offense minus Dylan Gabriel. Uh, minus Dylan Gabriel. Also, what looks like minus <laughs> Jazz Robinson, who's their best wide receiver and is really damn good. Uh, also possibly minus starting running back Isaiah Bowser heard some things today that some people think he might play I none of it confirmed um I noticed this for like Indiana Notre Dame and now UCF like their coaches have Thursday media too which I don't know why any coach would voluntarily have two media sessions during game weeks so there could be some information on bowser tomorrow um but like mikey Keane, freshman quarterback 63 percent in his two games what jumped out at me was 6.28 yards per attempt which is 114th in the country if you just take his two games because you have to kind of splice their stats because what they were with Gabriel, they are certainly not now. And that was against two pretty bad defenses, like in SP plus Navy is 66 and ECU is 101. Um, yeah. You know, that just in general, their opponent's pass efficiency defense, I'm not counting – or no, never mind. I'm sorry. I was, I was reading that wrong. But um, two running backs, Johnny Richardson is a, is a, this is another Johnny's just fast. Like that dude can scoot. So he's a guy you got to be careful. Screens, outside plays, getting him in space, one-on-one situations. This is where you see being a really good tackling team 
comes into play. Uh, if Bowser can't go, he's probably the lead back. And then Mark Anthony Richards got involved some against ECU as another back. He's an Auburn transfer. Uh, the two main receivers, Ryan O'Keefe, fast guy, another fast guy, leads the team with 28 catches. Brandon Johnson's a like a bigger body, Alec Pierce type. Uh, leads Tennessee transfer, leads the team with five touchdowns. They they run the ball well, uh, 214 yards a game, 5.8 yards a carry, 24th in the country. That said, here are the rushing defenses that they've played, not counting Bethune-Cookman, 48th, 71st, 83rd, and 97th. So, like, UC going up against Indiana and Notre Dame offensively and defensively against their offenses, well, not offensively. Like, they have not seen a rush defense. UC's 33rd, so uh, even the one that's ranked 48th, there's still a bit of a gap there. Uh, but UC's yard per carry average defensively is very good, where their rush defense number is kind of inflated just because teams have run for more yards because they can't do anything else. And Miami ran for a bunch because they weren't trying to win a football game. Right. I just, like, Keen has looked all right. Like, he hasn't he hasn't looked as like an, oh, my God, this. He didn't look like Penn. He hasn't looked like Penn State's backup quarterback did against Iowa, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but he might this week because he's playing a defense that's, that's similar. But he just doesn't scare me. Like, they don't throw the ball down the field. Um, yeah. And, uh, again, we have seen. If you're going to try to move the ball – Four yards at a time against this defense. Good luck. I think they're going to. I think they're going to try to shorten the game, run the ball, which is hilarious. Come to when you think of UCF. Yeah, run the ball, quick game, get guys, get their fast guys in space. Um, like I just, I think that's the only shot they have keeping it close. Right. So, from an offensive standpoint, especially if Bowser doesn't play again, I can't believe he's going to play. I mean, when I watch that thing, they have a hard knock style in season show on ESPN Plus. And yeah. Going into the Navy game. So, you know, going on three, I guess that would, this would be week three because it was the Navy week then the ECU week, and now the UC week. Like, he was in a full immobilizing knee brace. Like, he was doing bench press with his leg just straight out. Like, not no movement whatsoever. So, unless he got that thing off, like, the next day and has started rehabbing it, getting in game shape, and then practicing, it's hard to imagine he's going to play a game. But, I mean, I'm I don't know. It just seems difficult to to think that that's doable. Maybe he does. I don't know. Defensively, how are they going to try to stop Cincinnati? I don't know. Like, you want to talk? We talked really about passing offense. Now, this is the game for Dez to like go three fifty <laughs> because. 
they're they're okay. Here's here here's the conundrum of that. They're two their best defensive player, Kalia Kalia Davis, tore his knee up against ECU. He's a defensive tackle. By far their best defensive player. They're one of their big transfers, Ricky Ricky Barber, transferred from Western Kentucky, was like first team all whatever conference USA. He's been out all year. So they have a huge gap right in the middle of their defensive line now with Davis out. Um, Tatum Bethune, <clears throat> linebacker defensive end at 17 tackles against ECU. They got some linebacker transfers from Kennesaw State, some white guy that had 22 tackles against Navy. Like he ain't staying with Jerome Ford. Um, and then Big Cat Bryant, defensive end from Auburn, I think has been more name and recruiting ranking reputation than actual production. Yeah. But like they're only allowing 3.7 yards of carry and that's including not playing well against Navy. They did do well against ECU. Keaton Mitchell was averaging like 10 yards of carry. I mean like having an insane season and they held him to like 65 yards. They did a nice job against traditional running teams but they're 107th in tfls five per game and 118th in sacks they only have six total they're 70th in passes passes defended which is four interceptions and 18 pass breakups pass efficiency defense is 53rd notre dame is is 22nd indiana is 46 so if you kind of use that as a comparison like des didn't really have any problem throwing against notre dame <clears throat> and their pass efficiency defense is quite a bit better than UCF's. Like, I just I think this is a throw it to run it game. Yeah. And like none of their corners and safety. I mean, they replaced some safeties. They replaced some corners from last year. Some more. And they've had, they just have been so many injuries. Like a guy that was maybe going to be a starting corner this year he hasn't played all year. Like it goes back even. Before the season started, it's it's a mess. It is a mess. But like as good as their defense is, or I shouldn't say as good as as okay as it seems to be against the run, they're still 88th defensively in SP plus. Like there's only 130 teams. <laughs> that's that's bottom half for the math majors. Yeah, I can even I can even figure that. <laughs> So how are you feeling? How do I, how did I feel in August about all these games? Yeah, and I look, I, I I like I honestly feel bad for, and I we've talked about this. Like I feel bad for when teams go through what they're going through injury wise, because you like you never know when it's going to be your year for that to happen. Like obviously, I I think you know between Brady Collins and the strength staff and Aaron Hemmler and the medical staff, like they've done an incredible job of, you know, making things easier for the football staff to not have to deal with this stuff, but it's football. And like, no matter how much training you do, it's work, man. It's just, yeah. You're playing a violent, violent collision sport, and 
you're just hoping on each play everybody gets up. I so I, I feel bad for the situation they're in because it I sucks. Do, I do. Like, I feel bad. For I them. do because it can be you at any the, given time. I feel bad for the players that get injured. I don't ever want to see anybody get injured. I don't feel well, bad. I mean, that's what I'm like. That's I don't I feel just, bad I, for I, Central Florida. <laughs> I just I, you know I, I'm I'm cautious with that because it can be you at any time. I'm not rooting for injuries, but that's the. Story. I'm not. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like. Like we talked about the, the other day, we went through a decade plus of a quarterback not making it through the entire season. Right. Which is the Sometimes needing your third or fourth guy. Most important, guy. most important position. Yeah. So that's, I, I guess that's probably why I'm sympathetic to it. Like, it sucks when that hits your team. It sucks when you're in one of those years Especially if, every, you think, if you have expectations too. Yeah, and this team had some expectations. I mean, they didn't exactly live up to them before Gabriel got we hurt, and then after Gabriel who gets pooped on in different stadium. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I just, you, you, you never know when you draw the short end of that straw. So no. I, I have sympathy for teams that go through that. To the extent, like, everybody's going to go through it. But to the extent, when it hits a team, like, it hit you, like, you know, you're, you're a Bengals guy. Like, it hit the Bengals last year on defense. Oh my they God. went out and they signed all these guys, and none of them played a snap. Well, they all hurt. Well, that was the thing, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, a lot of the fans were like, oh, my God, this defense stinks. And I'm like, look at the guys playing for them. Right. Like, you thought that the guy they signed on Tuesday that's starting on Sunday was going to be good? <laughs> they were literally just finding defensive like, tackles it, and defensive linemen. Yeah. Literally, like, can, have you ever played this sport? Yeah. Okay. We need you. You're, you're starting. <laughs> and, our, and our fans would be like, oh my God, they can't get any pressure on the quarterback. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> There's a reason it's week 14 and they're sitting on their couch. Oh yeah, I mean, boy! I mean, that's the thing too. Is not their injuries have just been debilitating from like a impact player standpoint, right? Your your quarterback that's really good, your best defensive player, your best wide receiver, your starting running back. You know, just like no team is equipped to be successful and and have sustained those type of setbacks, right? Um. We are going to be at the at Mio's for the pregame show starting at 10 a.m. Are you going to um, stop by the tailgate to get your birthday present? I'm going to try. It depends on how long the tailgate show is or the pregame show is. Okay. Well, you can come before. I'll be there right and early. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just get that out of the way now. That's that's probably not happening. Yeah. Um, but it's a possibility. We will uh, we'll see how things work out. Tailgate was a good one last week. It was a good one last week. You had you had a big crew there, a bigger than normal crew. The 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 2021 Simone Tailgate crew is is beefy. Well, we got the the parents' neighbor. They're both their daughters go to UC, so we get all their friends come to the tailgate. yeah. 
There was a dog at the tailgate. There was a dog. He was trying to eat the jello shots. I had to put an end to that. He was. <laughs> the dog was like, those look delicious. Like, sorry, Rover, those are mine. <laughs> uh the the, the cheesesteaks, they were little, they weren't like uh they were a little different. They were like uh more of like uh, a mix of a cheesesteak and like an Italian beef. Yeah. But they were delicious. They were outstanding. They were. We, we really enjoyed those. Um, so good times at the Simone family tailgate. But we will be at Mio's starting at 10. Uh, go for a little while. Preview who is the game. Your, is, uh, who is your co-host? I'm working on that. That's It's a work in progress. I've been out of commission for two days. If you're wondering why I wasn't... Uh, you didn't hear my dulcet tones at the Luke Fickle press conference or there was a basketball availability today. I've, uh, I've had a stomach bug. That... Is, t- is Tony not doing the Mio's thing too? N- not, no. Nah, it's well, long story. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. It's, I don't want to like step on toes or anything, but no, no, there's the c- contractual obligations between radio and Tony and his availability for home games. Got it. So I, I don't want to speak out of turn there. Fair enough. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but we will be doing that. So uh, plan on making a stop by Mio's and saying hi. I'm going to have to – the only thing – the only reason it's uh, in question a little bit is – uh at stopping by the tailgate is it's going to be crowded on the sidelines before the game. Could be I think there's going to be a couple prospects. I think there's going to be, it's going to be prospect heavy. I think there's going to be some commits there. Isn't that what you think, pay Aaron to do? Yeah, but I like to <laughs> supervise. Supervise. I like to supervise. <laughs> Well, especially if it's going to be as crowded as I think it's going to be, you're going to need more than one person. Yeah. Kind of sorting through everything that's going on. You you obviously know you can't count on me for something like that. No, I wouldn't. I don't even ask. I don't even ask. Um, That would require me to leave the tailgate early. Right. Dave, we're going to need you to leave the tailgate two hours early. I just walked down on the field with my beers and talking to the high school kids. <laughs> you gotta come to uc it's the place to be man oh god you would get kicked out so fast we'd lose our credentials in like two seconds nah. um but yeah you just take the elevator up to the 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 beer stand getting a beer coming back down yeah <laughs> hit up my my coors my coors light uh chill zone that apparently nobody else knows about my own personal bar, but <laughs> they, you walk up, they're like, Dave. I was I walked up Saturday or Friday night and there was nobody in line. <laughs> in a sold out stadium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's gonna Aaron should have um Aaron should have the visitor list up here tonight. It is going to be an impressive one. There will be commits there. There will be 2023 high-level targets there. Might be a couple 2022 names there that'll catch your eye, catch you off guard a little. Do you think they might strike while the iron's hot? They're working on striking while the iron's hot. I think that is a a goal. Uh, Some of the names have already been out uh, from kids posting on Twitter. I think there will be some that, that, that are 
uh, new that people didn't expect. Maybe a uh, potential flip or two might be in attendance. Philadelphia. No, it's not. He's he's working on it. He's embedding okay. player codes right now, probably, if I had to guess. I, I hate that's players. a long I'm also, process. I'm also terrible at it. Every time I try to put two I, I guess I just don't know how to do it. Every time I try to put more than one like player, whatever you call the little box thing, it always just does one of them and then like a link to the other. I don't I don't that's know. That's because you're just putting the link. You have to do the embed code. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how to do that. I don't care. <laughs> It it's is not, a little time consuming, it's especially that's not, not what you pay me for. So it's not. It's not. It's what I pay Aaron for. Um, so yeah, that list will be uh that list will be pretty good. There's also a, a pretty good list of basketball visitors coming, uh, including an official visit from Wesley Tubbs, a uh six five guard out of North Carolina. So uh, does we know what official visits mean. We'll see. This one's an, I, I'm interested to see on this one, like, because uh, this is especially in basketball. This is kind of in, in football too. Like the junior official visit is new territory because they weren't allowed to do it. You were only allowed to visit up until like two years ago. You were only allowed to official visit uh, your senior year, and then we had the COVID year, and nobody was allowed to do anything. So junior officials, you know. <laughs> they're still something that uh is a work in progress right so we'll see most, most of the time an official visit means like you're ready to make a decision yeah but as a junior you're not right that's like, what i mean like this is this this situation could be a little bit different but yeah we're we're working through what this situation means which is why i've kind of slow played it a little bit I haven't treated it like they. They're not using official visits to just like have a nice time and meet guys. No, that's you know get in your car and drive your ass here, right? And you know we'll talk when you get here. Like you're that interested, you come here on your own dime, and then we'll talk. Right, right. But there are some connections to Wesley Tubbs, Uh, Jalen Stowe, who was a grad assistant, grew up with the fam, like their families, their moms, I guess, are best friends. Uh, they they call each other cousins, uh, even though they're not. So, um, yeah. Are we, are we looking at like a hundred plus visitors? I would guess, but I, for me, this one this week is more about quality over yeah. how many guys there. There's going to yeah. be a lot of, and, and I like that's the other thing I wanted to talk about um, with the the discussion over our handling of 2023 coverage. Uh, that world is changing very fast right now, right? Like what their board looked like a month ago is not what their board looks like now. And and obviously there are circumstances that have led to that, i.e. admission into the Big 12. And being third in the country. And being third in the country. But that board is changing drastically and quickly right now. So we are being a little cautious on how we handle that because what we would have told you a month ago would have been kids being recruited to the American. Well, and like these kids have not been to campuses. 
right. They're just like, now starting the process. Like the the they could only start doing camps halfway through the summer because of COVID. Like they before they would have been at spring practice. They would have been at stuff in the early summer. They would have been at junior days. Junior like a junior day, uh, then another like specific position camp. You know, so they didn't do any of those things. They just got to do a very very condensed camp season in july and and now they're starting to go to games right so like i'm not like we've just always had the mindset of like we're not putting out info or trying to get info on guys that aren't that are just like just entering the experience now like because it's not it's not anything worth staking your your reputation or staking the claim to Right. Like, if we're a kid's first ever college visit on an unofficial visit for one football game, that doesn't mean anything. Agreed. So I I just, look, we're open to changing the process and open to, like, exploring different ways to do things. But to this point, I haven't seen any reason to change how we handle kids that are 14 months from months. from their signing day. Like I don't there's for those, there's a lot yeah. of time. Relax. This is it. every podcast is someone's first podcast. So someone might not know that I run the Twitter page. We found that out last week. We caught another one. <laughs> but like I don't even follow 2023 kids. Unless it becomes a situation where it's clear. Right. I'll retweet something's offer, happening. Like if you're yeah. if the kid's tweeting out an all new offer every day, I don't give a shit about that. Right. Like it's so far away, out of mind, out of out of sight, out of mind. And like you said, things change. Like things have changed. Just like things change for basketball, things change for football. Like guys that they were looking at two months ago, they're some of them, they're probably not looking at it anymore. Right. And guys let's, that let's... they were on the edge about, they make and have more interest in you see now that. Well, what's not... what the other thing is what's going to happen when we get when we get through the season. Right. Oh, you're going to see shit ton of transfers. <laughs> well, that too. But you're going to see, a, you know, another iteration of the golden ticket event. Right. You're going to see another iteration of, you know, junior days and, and what guys get prioritized and brought to campus. Right. Everything, everything you saw in 2019 will be, will be back. You're going to see tons of kids showing up for spring practice. What kids are making it a priority to come to, like, you're going to see a full load of players at camps in June. There's a long way to go in 2023. Let the process play out. I get that there's this insane thirst for knowledge. They just want names. We should just put names out. Yeah, just put they're, a name. They're, just... they're recruiting Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> who is a real person because he went to Tennessee when I did and was backup quarterback and is now yeah. a really good NFL coach. Yeah, Jim Bob but Cooter. Yes. That's, that's a real guy. We had classes together. But, yes, we should just put random names out. <laughs> Um, all right. How many, how many, what's the over under? Are we going to predict, are we doing scores for the game? Do we need to to tell Uh, everybody my joke from today? You can. 
So I heard a funny joke today, everybody. I was listening to a UCF podcast, and one of the gentlemen admitted to being a, a homer, which is fine. We all are to some extent. And then he admitted that he would never pick against UCF. So that kind of takes you down a little bit in the, you know, respectability category. If you are so a homer that no matter who they're playing, you can't possibly pick the other team. And then he proceeded to tell the listening audience that the Golden Knights were going to win 43 to 40 and I fell out of my damn chair laughing. Because apparently he's never watched UC play football this year. Or, <laughs> or, Cent- or Central Florida for that matter. Uh, what, do you, what are you going to eat if they, uh, if they score 40? Will you do like the, the one chip, the hot I chip I will literally challenge? eat an, a golden knight. <laughs> I want something real here, though. Everybody says they're going to eat things that they never, like, they, that they never actually can eat. I don't know. Like I'm going like, to eat a shoe. There's, like, nothing. I want the, the, the chip, the one chip, like, the, the, hot the hottest chip. chip. Yeah, the hottest yeah. chip in the world. No, I don't. Why would I do that? It sounds terrible. I don't know, because you didn't think UCF was going to score 40, and maybe they did. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't have to also be, I don't have to be wrong and subject myself to, to physical torture and punishment. Like, <laughs> why, why would I voluntarily do that? It seems dumb. I don't know. Just, you know. I, just, I just thought it was hilarious that a team that has given up 61 points all year was going to turn around and at home give up 43. Yeah. They were the, the, you see it like uh, Dylan Gabriel's come back. Uh, Mackenzie and, Milton, you know, Marlon Williams, like all the best players. <laughs> it's like an all star team coming in town. Yeah, gonna hop on a train from Orlando, caravan up. So, what's the uh, what's the Simone over under for the tailgate this week? The, weather, the weather's looking there, good. There's excited. There's there's excited. Bam, He's ready for some Miller lights. Some other beverages. Oh, I went way. I went over Friday night. That's for sure. That's not a surprise. No. See, the weather is looking looking good. I don't think we're going to get any rain for the tailgate now. And uh, I don't know. I would say like uh, it's a morning, so that's that's a little harder. So I got like six and a half. Plus jello shots. Six and a half. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, oh. I mean, I, that's before pre-noon beers. Six and a half. It's is... a little harder to ramp, ramp yourself up for, for the nooners. If the first one doesn't quite taste right, it just slows you down. So, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, there'll, be plenty, all right. there'll be plenty of celebratory beers after. Of course, of course. Um, what is the uh, what is the Dave prognostication? Well, I know, Bear. Little, I know it's going to be a little chilly. So I'm I'm pretty sure the the 
the boys from Florida might have some seat eaters. I'm excited to see if they they bring those puppies out for you know for the mid fifties game. Well, high of sixty four, so or by, sixty by like four o'clock. By, like by, by the end yeah. in the fifties, yeah. They'll have the heaters. You'll oh, be, God, I, I, I can't think, wait. Right? <laughs> 50 something degrees. We got the heaters. Oh, if it was at night, if this was, it did end up being a nip at night game with oh, a low yes. of 42. Yeah. Oh, they'd have been miserable. Absolutely. They're going to be so miserable, miserable and warm up, warming up at nine o'clock in the morning with it like 40 something degrees out, <laughs> damp from raining all night. Yeah. Um, I, You know what? I am going to go. I'm going to go 42-17. That's fair, I think. That's fair. I think they score more. Who, you see? I can yeah. see that. I mean, I'll, go, you know, I'll add you, a touchdown. You know me. If I, I, when Luke said, for the guys five years ago, my – my heart fluttered. I was like, oh, he's going to run it up. <laughs> I, I was like, finally. I'll go 40. I, 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 well, this, this will come out in the, in the preview article, but I'll go, I'll go 49-13, I think. You know why I don't send you like a prediction for the article? Because you, you do it here. Well, and because I also forget what I picked. By the time, and you don't want to go back and, and I don't want to go back and listen and then give some other score. Like but, I feel you. Bear is yeah. really Bear is really throwing he's, a monkey wrench into this is, podcast. He is fired up for the game, clearly. Kelsey's got a friend over, which it's 9:15 on a Wednesday night. Why there is a friend over, I'm gonna have to handle when I'm done with this podcast. Uh, she not have school tomorrow, apparently? Yes, she does. <laughs> they they pull this little trick where they go to uh, middle school football games now. Like, she's at that age. She's in oh, sixth yeah. grade. They, they sh- Wednesday night was always, like, junior high football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, then she has to wait for her friend's parents to come pick her friends up from our house because we're, like, the, like the, the bus station. Like where the where the the pickup point where they all can come back here, yeah, and hang out until their parents come pick them up, so that their parents can like go out and have dinner and you know do fun stuff, and and we're stuck with bear barking uh, upstairs because there's kids making noise in my kitchen, uh, and bear's not where, allowed to go upstairs. This, where is this kid's parents? Why haven't they exactly asked exactly where the hell their kid is? And Bear has a prop. Bear likes to eat kids. Well, that's how you don't get kids to come over anymore. You have Bear eat right. <laughs> so when kids come over, Bear has to stay upstairs with Dad because he doesn't like kids at all. Uh, but yeah, I think you see when it's comfortably. Just too much. And look, the Malzahn thing does scare me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I think Gus is a very good coach. And I think this rivalry going forward is going to be increasingly more fun as time goes on, because I think he will get things rolling at UCF. They've just had an unfortunate uh, turn of events in year one. But put it on them. Oh, please. For 
AB, oh ABC for the nation to see number three. Put it on them. Uh, gonna do a little little basketball with the uh, preseason rankings coming out today. I th- I thought it was pretty fair. Like I did too. <clears throat> like I I admittedly I don't really know who the hell's on these teams, um, other than Houston and us <clears throat> and Memphis. You know, supposed to be pretty good. Could they have been fifth? Could they have been seventh? I, I don't know. I mean, you have an, another transition year. You got a lot of new guys. I think sixth is a is a perfectly acceptable place to be uh, predicted in, you know, year one. Yeah, I, I would say um, I probably would have had him fifth just because I don't I don't believe in Johnny Dawkins. Uh SMU has a first-team all-league guy, and I, I think they should be pretty good. Wichita State finished; they almost won the con. They won the conference last year, right? They got the number one seed last year and then lost. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I, you see, beat Wichita State last year, didn't they? I don't know. I. Wichita State, I, it's so – God, March was so long ago. <laughs> I, March I mean, was so long ago. Full, full disclosure, by February yeah. of last year, I, I wasn't really, you know, following along super close. UC beat Wichita State in the semifinals and then got drilled it, by Memphis in the championship. That's – pretty sure that's what happened. No, by – no. Or Houston, I mean. Houston. Houston and Memphis had a great game in the other semifinal. And then Houston drilled Cincinnati in the championship. And, you know. Um, yeah, pretty sure. So, Wichita State third makes sense. Memphis second. You know, you have a lot of guys returning that are in year three, year four. Uh, you get two five-star studs at the top of your roster. The biggest addition to that that program is not anyone that's on the court, though. It's Larry Brown because they're actually going to be coached. Like, say what you will about Larry Brown. The man is an incredible coach. Incredible coach. Yeah, he was. So, went to the Final Four and an NBA championship. Yeah. Like, Larry Brown's. Right there with me, Mike. Mike, I know everybody loves Mike. <laughs> you were gonna say right there, Larry Brown's right there with me as great basketball college no. basketball coaches. Everybody loves Mike Shashevsky, but if I'm taking, if I have two guys I need to coach my college basketball team, one of them's Larry Brown, the other one's Rick Pitino. Now, both of them have their flaws, but <laughs> I just as a college basketball coach, like. Memphis is going to improve there because Larry Brown is involved in that process. And now they have Rasheed Wallace on the bench and, and ball don't lie. And a bunch of really good players. Yeah. So Houston one, Memphis two, Wichita state three, SMU four. I, I agree with, I would have Cincinnati above UCF at five, but that's just because I, I think Johnny Dawkins is, is not very good. Uh, so I don't have I'm too much of a problem with Ron it. Ron Hunter, because he can now say in year three that there will be no way we'll finish last. Like, 
<laughs> they weren't they weren't preseason last. So they're up one spot. Good for them. I think they're tied up one spot. Oh, t- I think I think uh, so. T ten. Yeah, I think T ten. Nine or twelve basketball teams. So. Twelve basketball. So, so, T10? so yeah, T ten. I think, and then ECU was twelve. Oh, things things are rough. Things are rough in Greenville Man. for basketball. They're rough. They got to be rough there for everything. And like football is better. It's like they should have probably won last week. Yeah. And that's that's like a game that you win that game, you can really stake claim to proof of concept. But but you didn't. But you did. So, uh, yeah, I think six is about right. I think I, I would have them one spot higher. Uh, if you told me they ended up the season finishing higher than uh, SMU, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you you're crazy. Uh, but I think it's going to be a process through the first, you know, through, through non-conference play as you get everybody on the same page and up to speed because this is, this is brand new. There, there's, there's – a lot of new and and not a lot of old. And what's the what's the saying in basketball, Dave? And, and in football get, too, get, get old, stay old. old. And they've got a ways to go for that. Uh, you know, I I would agree with you know I've heard Justin talk, and I would agree with this. They're, they'll be significantly better up front, which will uh, make UC fans feel a lot better because they will have some rim protection, they will have some toughness, they will have some physicality. In the paint with the additions uh, that they've made. Um, as long as they practice defense 80% of the time. Uh, it's about 72% so far. Not, so they're not, well, not, not, not quite not, up to your standard. I'm not optimistic then. I mean, the last time <laughs> they practiced 75% of the time. So I'll let Wes know that, you know, we've got media day tomorrow. Now, virtual what they were, media, what they were media doing day. for that 75% of the time, I, I think is in question. We have virtual media day basketball tomorrow with the Bearcats. So do you think during what, basketball season, we could get John to be the, the special guest on the podcast? He's not doing anything. <laughs> no, no answer. So, <laughs> uh, we'll have hopefully some information early next week following Sunday when they super secretly travel across state lines to a place that the football team played a couple weeks ago to uh, participate in a what Mike Woodson has uh, deemed a not so secret scrimmage because he told everybody about it. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we'll have some details from that. When Although is it might... this not so secret scrimmage. My birthday Sunday. Oh, okay. But it, but maybe not because it, it might not be happening because it's a secret. It's a super secret. It's not just a secret. It's a secret. It's, it's, super it's a secret. super secret. So okay. I've uh, put some mechanisms in place to hopefully be able to get some details. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, you mean you but called Wes and told him to call you on the bus ride back? No, they're not allowed. That like, that's a serious offense. 
don't let the NCAA find out that you're right. talking to reporters right. about super secret scrimmages. Cut your, like, cut your hand off or something? Like they might they, they dock scholarships, ban you from the tournament, put you on probation. <laughs> like they do, they do not fuck around when it comes to information getting out about super secret scrimmages. Uh, <laughs> shows you the priorities at the NCAA. Yeah. Their priorities are very much in line. Although I will say that is uh, that is uh, at at request of the coaches. The coaches do not want the media knowing what happened in their super secret yeah, scrimmages. They don't want it. They don't want their fans knowing that their team got their ass kicked in, in some right. scrimmage game. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. <laughs> um. So we'll have we'll have information and details on that. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have much else to you. No, I mean, there's obviously always stuff we could talk about, but I'm taking. What do you think about the Oklahoma stuff? Oh, today it's chicken shit. <laughs> Lincoln <laughs> Riley so is know. a chicken shit bitch for doing that. So what happened is. They've shut down, like, you know, practice is closed like it is at most places at Oklahoma. They have, you know, a quarterback controversy with Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, the the young guy that came in and played great against Texas in the Red River shootout. Um, Oklahoma has not named a starter, so a uh, eager and determined young student reporter and smart went to and his, smart his yeah, yeah. job yeah went into a public building with binoculars looked out the window and saw that caleb williams was taking snaps with the first team put it on twitter and Lincoln riley has closed all media access now to oklahoma practice to oklahoma the, the damage is done bro <laughs> right like why? Why is this all top secret? Do like, you really why? think it, you're, they're, they're playing TCU this week? Yeah. Do you really think that TCU didn't think that Caleb Williams was going to be the starter? Right. And that right some nineteen-year-old writing an article for the whatever Oklahoma student newspaper or whatever saying that he took 75% of the snaps with the ones that Gary Patterson or him, some GA saw it was like, coach, Oh my God, Caleb Williams is going to start. We've got to redo the whole game plan in, in one day. Like <laughs> these guys, just, they walk, just get over yourself. Like they walk out on the field for warmups and they're like, Oh shit. He, he made the, Back trip. To the drawing board. Oh my God. Like, get over yourself. It's football, man. Like, it's football. You have a bunch of four- and five-star dudes. Like, it shouldn't matter. Like, it's, I just think it's such a, a, such a baby. Like, such a t- – I didn't tell you who was starting. You found out. So I'm going to take my ball and go home and shut out everybody else from media availability, which only hurts me and my players because it doesn't allow our fans to to know them and know what they're about. And I only let you watch the first 15 minutes of practice anyway. 
because I act right. like this is the most important thing ever. And <laughs> we're curing cancer while diffusing nuclear bombs at the same time at the 50 yard. <laughs> like, just like, and maybe part of that is, is what we're permitted. I don't even want to say permitted because it's not like, like what we get to do. And it doesn't seem to be affecting UC. Like, no, they seem to be all right with, with full it, open practice. It, and It doesn't seem to be a problem. Lots of access and <laughs> everything's a secret, Dave. Super, just, super it, secret. It, it drives me crazy. Like college, ugh, it's so, they're so weird. They are very weird. No, no doubt about it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. If anybody is at the uh, the Bearcat Air fundraiser tomorrow night, stop by and say hello. Going to have a big guest with me, Dave. A couple big guests with me at the Bearcat Air fundraiser. Are you, you're bringing them? I'm bringing I'm bringing the misses. Oh, nice. She uh, she she was excited about the opportunity to uh, out get out of the house and <laughs> get out of get out of the 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 hell that she's been living for a month. So sweats sweats and t-shirts. Get, get dressed yeah, up a she, little bit. She she went out today and 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 bought a little, bought a little outfit. She was exhausted when she returned home from shopping after having her seventy year old mother push her around in a wheelchair. Uh, through department stores, so she's put so, a lot into this. <laughs> so what is what is the what is the gist of this fundraiser? Are you are we just like getting people to write checks? Is there is there a silent auction? Do you you get to call plays in the second half of the game on Saturday? <laughs> like what what it, what is the whole? I mean, I know what the point of it is, but like the point what is, is the. the what is the event itself? Do we know what that is? I think it's more like awareness than, you know, just getting people like thinking in that mindset of this is something that that can make a significant difference in the recruiting world. Okay. I just, I just didn't know if there was like. I, I don't, I don't. Prizes I tied to it or, you know. That part, I don't know. Things I, like I, that. I'm not aware of, of any prizes. I know Gomez Salsa's uh, catering, which is pretty solid. Have you had Gomez Salsa before downtown? Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I have or not. It's a little walk-up window yeah. down in, in OTR. It's very good. Very this, good. This is a funny, funny tweet. Uh, Chuck Miller, Bearcat fan. Since this is a thing for them, who would lose if 2021 UConn played Owen 12 2015 UCF. <laughs> and and Alex APN, legendary long snapper from the great state of Tennessee who played at UC, uh, quote tweeted it to ESPN's Bill Conley, who is the inventor of SP, and probably has the data of who would be projected to win a game between this year's terrible UConn team and 2015's 0-12 UCF team. I'm very much hoping that he uh, responds and tells us who would win. That would be great. It would. That would be outstanding. It would almost be as great as when this past weekend UConn lost to UMass in football and how they told everyone that they would be better off without a conference. 
but that's for another podcast. Different day, different podcast. They're also underdogs to Yale this weekend. That's a that's a tough spot to be in. It's a tough spot to be in. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up. I don't have much else to you. I don't think so. All right, well, we will see everybody at Neo's 10 a.m. Stop by, say hello, get a beverage, get ready for the, the Bearcats f- in the, the night. first one? It's the first one, then just with everything that's happened, right, it's been... Right. It's been difficult to uh, get on the same page. What time are you officially starting? 10 a.m. is the plan. Right around 10 a.m. we'll go half hour, 45 minutes, somewhere in there. Uh, And then get get to the business of taking care of the Knights. The University of Central Florida Golden Knights. That's right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. They get real upset when you don't call them by their official name. So we got to make sure that they yeah. get real upset. Well, no, we got to make sure we treat them with reverence and respect and call them what they are, the Central Florida Golden Knights. <laughs> All right. We will, uh, we'll see everybody Saturday on campus. He's Dave Spohn. I'm Chad Brendel. This is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.